Hey there, this is Dennis Anyone with Dennis Hensley, a podcast about making things up and making things happen. I talk to a different creative professional every week about how they do their thing and why. And uh, we're starting off 2015 with a great guest, comic and writer Eliza Skinner, who I had the pleasure of working with on Fashion Police. She's also done some great stuff for Funny or Die, the show Totally Biased. She was on the... Uh, Pete Holmes show doing stand-up recently, also at midnight, and she does stand-up all over town. She's really funny and really awesome, and she's obsessed with Tyler Perry, which we get into. Uh, but first, a little housekeeping. If you want to learn more about the podcast or sometimes see pictures that go with different stories that we tell, it's all at DennisAnyone.net. You can also subscribe to my monthly newsletter, which is about to go out, um, you can also leave a little shekel in my tip jar, which three people did recently. I want to give them a shout-out. Uh, David Hildebrand, Clint Richardson, and Emmanuel Masso. Thank you so much. Um, it helps me keep the podcast free and pay for little expenses that come up. So I really appreciate it. Um, you can also take my audience poll. It's not too late to do that. Um, I, it helps me to get advertisers and all that stuff. All right. I want to give a little shout-out to my friend Doug Alexander, who I grew up with in Holbrook, Arizona, and in my year-end um, mashup episode, I posted a video uh, audio tape that I did when I was like 13 about Star Wars and Farrah. And my fr friend Doug appears on it, and I actually think he's a, he gives a stronger performance than I do, frankly. Well, anyway, I heard from him. He actually listens to the podcast, which is awesome. We're Facebook friends. And he sent me this message. Just heard my interview with Farrah from 77. Ha ha. Thanks for the kind words. Fun podcast. Love how you blazed your own trail. Smiley face. I have blazed my own trail, damn it. And um, it's a trail of tears sometimes. But no, that was very sweet of him to reach out. And he did kind of kill it on that uh, million-year-old tape. So, um, you know what? Even the um, degradation of cassette uh, materials cannot take away the magic that we created. So um, if you missed that episode, it's the one right before the one you're listening to. So check it out. If you're listening for the first time, I hope you subscribe. Um, I hope you like us on Facebook, do all that fun stuff. And now without any further ado, here is the delightful Eliza Skinner. All right, I am here in the Hollywood apartment of comedian and writer Eliza Skinner. Welcome. Hey, thank you. Now, we work together on the show Fashion Police. Yes. Uh, no controversy around that show. Nope. None at all. <laughs> um, and and uh, that, was, that was one of the fun parts about it was working with different people like you. Yeah. And uh, you live with the Hollywood sign right there. Yeah. How is that? Um, that's a large part of why I live in the neighborhood I live in because... You know, things can get uh, hairy sure. and, and uh, sticky and gross and bad in living in Hollywood. But then you see the sign and it's like, ah, glamour. Right, I'm so living it's, in Hollywood. So it really is that thing. That's cool. It, yeah. The uh, flip side of it is that there are constantly tourists on my street yeah. just walking out into the middle of the street to take a picture of themselves in front of it. Sure. Um, as though there aren't also cars driving around. Right. Um, and I do, I want to make, I want to like print up cards that say, uh, the directions to the closest point to the Hollywood sign in every language because I get asked so frequently and it's complicated and you can't actually get up to it. Right. But, so like Italians will come up to me and be like, uh, Hollywood sign. And I'm yeah, like, um, yeah, I, I, I wish I could help. Because you used to could walk around it, right? Or did yeah, they well, shut that down? I've never can, done like, it. You can like hike up to way behind it. Yeah. Um, yeah. But not really... Not that... You can't just stand in front of the H. Yeah, no. Uh, all yeah. right. Well, here you are. Yeah. And it still has magic to you. Yeah, it still does a little bit. I love that. Yeah. Now, you are you still working at Funny or Die? I'm not. I left Funny or Die. I'm just doing stand-up and, yeah. Doing your thing. Yep. Maybe. But Funny or Die was one of your more last recent <laughs> mm -hmm. consistent gigs. Yep. And you had... Uh, Contact with the president of the United States. I did. I got retweeted. Well, break I, it down. Okay, I we made um, a few people probably know the um, Obama between two ferns yes, video that was made by Funny or Die, and so they ended up making uh, having a, a dialogue with the White House about a few different things, and often we would end up making videos that particularly appealed 
to them. One of the ones that uh, I wrote, I, I did a lot of ones about uh, women's issues. Yes. So I wrote a video with my friend Jake Fogelnest, um, who's a lovely, hilarious writer. We wrote a um, a parody of Mary Poppins' Spoonful of Sugar right. um, about the raising the minimum wage. Yes. And the president uh, retweeted it when it came out, and it instantly got like a million hits, which was real nice. Do you get a bonus when something like that happens? No, I don't. No, you don't. Uh, <laughs> no, you don't. But it's like, it's a cool thing yes, to happen. And, for sure. Yeah, and when I get to walk away from a job like that having... All of my videos, like they just put out their best videos of 2014 and it was like, oh, like most of them were mine. Wow. Um, And most of the ones that I wrote there ended up on that list. So that was, that was pretty nice. And it's, you know, great for what I, for whatever else I do to be able to say that. Like, I feel like since Fashion Police, especially, I've been trying to fill in the gaps in my career experience so that I can get more important jobs. Do you yeah, you mean? have like, to do a lot of different things. Yeah, so rather than just be like, I'm going to do this and do this and do this, I have to pick all these different things so I can prove that, all right, I'm not just a writer, I can produce a video and I can, basically I can be a showrunner. Right. Um, is what I'm, I'm trying to work up towards. When you work at Funny or Die and you have a you have an idea and then you write it and you, you sort of help bring it to life, it's not mm-hmm. like it goes away to other people and they just produce it. Right. Well, sort of. I mean, they have a whole team. So they have a, they have, uh, the creatives are, are pretty much the producers, the directors and the writers. And they have some people who cross over between those areas. Um, and the editors also are, are a lot of times they're, they're director editors. Um, but you, when we write it, it goes to a producer and the producer puts the team together and casts everybody and makes sure it gets produced. And they pick, they help you pick which director gets assigned. Right. But you are along for all of those things. Right. You're, you're more involved than you might be in some other kinds of formats. Yeah, exactly. But then you do still have help. You're yes. not just doing it totally on right. your own. Um, so it's a nice balance. Now, Kristen Bell starred in your yes. Mary Poppins video. Yeah. How did that come together? That, that was the, uh, that was a little bit the White House, a little bit the producers. Um, when you work with, uh, political groups, a lot of times they'll have, celebrities attached who right. are like interested in that cause right. and so we can say hey we know you care about this we had came up with this idea and it sure would be cool since you're a disney princess anyway right. if you did this and we know that you kind of want to sing so right. wouldn't it be cool for all of us um and she was like yeah great that'd be great uh we also i also did one with um uh christina Hendricks. i know the Mad Men one yeah that came up similarly that we wanted to do something about um, the wage gap for women, and it, we knew it was something that was really important to Christina Hendricks, so I just like came up with a ton of ideas for Christina Hendricks doing this, and that's the one that got picked by her people and the White House. I love that one because it starts off, she's Joan, but she's in a modern office, and there's lots of humor with the anachronism stuff, mm-hmm. and then when that sort of message comes up, you're like, oh, wham. Yeah, yeah. They illustrated it so well, you didn't realize that's where it was going. Yeah. It was great. Thank you. And now, are you on the set for those? Oh, yeah. I yeah. put myself in everything. Yeah. I wasn't on set for the Kristen Bell one because I was working on a pilot, on this dumb pilot that didn't go anywhere. Yeah. But so I was out of the office then. But they were tweeting me pictures, which was nice. nice. I can't believe how well, how much it matched the Mary Poppins thing. They nailed that. That was the director. The, the girl who, the woman who directed and produced both of those uh, is Rachel Goldenberg. She's amazing. She was, it was really fun for me to work with her. Um, and yeah, we just did a lot of really good work together and I couldn't believe what she did for that Mary Poppins one. It was exactly down to the children, the children. I was like, what are, how did you find the actual children? They're like, yeah, "Yeah, we just got some fake bangs for some regular kids. And yeah. And there you go. And then you did one called, uh, Comcast doesn't give a fuck. That was my first one. Yes. And I don't know what inspired that. (laughs) That was my first video, and that story had just come out, and, like, my first day, my first or second day, they were like, oh, the creative director wants a meeting with all the writers, and I was like, oh, gosh, that sounds spooky. Right. And, um, and he was like, we got to do more news stories, you know, why isn't there a video about this Comcast, uh, Time Warner merger, why isn't there something, and I was like, oh, I've. I feel like I have something in me on that. Yeah. Um, also, I'm like... FYI, Comcast owned NBC Universal, which owned, which produced Fashion Police. So the word Comcast got discussed a lot in our various yes. meetings and lunch 
So I knew way too much about it. Yeah. Like, everybody else was like, Comcast, I've seen their trucks. And I'm like, yeah. well, here's the thing. Here's <laughs> right, the, right, right. Who they own and who's owned by them and blah, yeah. blah, 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 blah. And here's all the things that are problems. And so I wrote that sketch. Um, that one, I, I've been trying to come up with a bunch of different ideas. And then I just thought, I was just sitting at my desk and was like, basically, Comcast just doesn't give a fuck what anyone thinks. <laughs> yeah. And I was like, oh, what if I say that? And I ran into um, one of the other writers' offices, my, my friend Jack Allison, who's also very funny and lovely and now writes for Kimmel. And he, I was like, hey, what if I just did a thing where, I, where we just said Comcast? It was just a message from Comcast talking about how much they don't give a fuck about anybody. And he right. was like, yeah, great, write it. So I did. Like, I'm, I really like collaborating with other people. I guess yeah. that's why I keep mentioning it. Like, um, it's even and and maybe I don't know. It's that it's a confidence thing that I need to have someone else go. Right. Yeah, that's a good idea. Do it. And I'm like, okay, good. Yeah, <laughs> I'll go ahead and write it. Now it's called Funny or Die. If you go in and pitch something and they don't think it's funny, do you die? Yeah, I've died many times. <laughs> and what does that feel like? <laughs> it actually does. It's uh, what what was nice about it when I was there. Like you know, and the. In the it's, it is one of those places where people work there for a while and then leave. And so right. the, the climate of it changes drastically from era to era, right. depending on who's working there. When I was working there, for the most part, um, it was really collaborative and very supportive. So rather than just say, that's a terrible idea, right. people would pitch on it to make any idea better. Right. There's this germ of it. How can we make that work? Yeah. yeah. Which I think is key to not only creating good videos, but creating a climate in which people think they can pitch whatever they right. want and pitch all of their ideas instead of sitting an I- on an idea and going, oh, this one's not good enough. I'm not even going to say it. Right. Like if everyone works that way, then there's no ideas in the room and there's no videos. There's nothing. Yeah. If everyone's too afraid, you got to feel yeah. safe enough to, to look foolish. So when you have people just helping, honestly trying to make every yeah. idea better, then you just generate good ideas. It just happens. I knew someone that worked there years ago, and he said that stars would come in wanting to be in that mix, uh-huh. but sometimes they were wacky and had crazy ideas. Or like, uh-huh. like, did you ever, is that still how it works sometimes? Well, oh, just yeah. a big movie star come in and say, I want to make fun of myself, and then... Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, or they'll come in and be like, I want to make fun of this other thing. And we're like what? Yeah. What is that thing? And why do you think you should be the one making fun of it? And what, huh? Um, yeah, there's been like, there were like lots of really weird meetings. There were also lots of really cool meetings. Uh, uh, Wayne Knight was a really cool meeting. Yeah. The, um, what's his face on Seinfeld, yeah, right? Like, uh, Newman. I keep thinking he's dead because he died in Jurassic Park, but right. he's still alive. Yeah. But like, but he was totally willing to do Jurassic Park stuff. Yeah. Um, one of the last meetings I was in was uh, um, Wesley Snipes. Yeah. And he was totally ready to make fun of IRS stuff. Like, really cool things that people... One of the great things while I was there was um, uh, before the Reading Rainbow um, Kickstarter got launched... Right. LeVar Burton and his team came in and they were like, we're going to do this Kickstarter and try to get Reading Rainbow back and we don't know if anybody's going to be interested so we really want to do videos and we were like, uh, everyone's going to be interested Uh, uh, what are you talking about? Right. Like we went around the table and all introduced ourselves and each one of us would say what how Reading Rainbow affected us. It See, I missed the boat on happened. Reading Rainbow. Maybe it was a... I don't know what it is. Yeah, I don't know. It, it, was it a way of learning to read when you were a kid? It was just a way of getting excited about books. Yeah. So everybody... It was for kids who already could read, but it right. would not only feature LeVar Burton like, going around to different places and being like, here's a farm, and this is a yeah. book about a farm, but then it would also cut to kids who were like, here's my favorite book. My name is Nancy, yeah. and boy, do I like horses. Here's a book about horses. And everybody, like, other yeah. kids would be like, someday I'm going to get on that. Or at least I would. Right. I practiced my reading Rainbow speech as often as my Oscar speech as a little kid. Wow. Um, but so we went around the table, and we're all like, yeah, it don't matter to all of us. And he was like, oh, I had no idea. Anybody watched the show? And we we're like, yeah, a lot of people watched the show. So we pitched him a bunch of ideas, and the one that he ended up choosing was this one. I, I didn't write again. The uh, Jack Allison, my friend, wrote uh, that was about it was a re uh, a retelling or um, a new version of the theme song for it. Right. Where Levar Burton sings about like like there, there's a line in the original theme song that said, um, "I can do anything. Take a look. It's in a book." Right. And so they could sort of use that as a jumping off point where it was like, I can do anything. I have the power of a god. Oh, this is too much power for one man. I have to destroy all the books. And he burned all the books. And so, like, the final shot of it is LeVar Burton sitting on a pile of burning books. 
which is the complete opposite of reading Rainbow. It's like right. not at all what. Yeah, it's a little off message. Very, very <laughs> off message. Um, but that's the one that they chose, and we yeah. were like, that they're so being edgy. They chose it, yeah, and it ended up doing really well. Yeah. And uh, the the reading Rainbow Kickstarter did really, really well. I have no idea how much our video had a, anything to do with that, but uh, but yeah, it was it, it's crazy what people want how how they want to make fun of themselves. Yeah. When I hear LeVar Burton, I always think about when I when my book Misadventures in the Two and Three came out, I through a friend of a friend, I got lucky, I got to go be on the Rosie O'Donnell show and introduce her, you know, at the beginning. Because mm-hmm. I she was the first person I ever interviewed for a magazine and she signed a picture to me then saying one day I'll interview you. So I sort of tied yeah. that in or whatever. So at the beginning you're like, Welcome to the Rosie O'Donnell show. Today's guests are I don't remember, I don't remember, and LeVar Burton. So yeah. I, I sort of did the full Oprah LeVar Burton delivery. And I don't remember who anyone else was, but I can't say LeVar Burton. I have to say LeVar Burton! <laughs> but he was there. really it should be said. I think so. He's earned that. What's your proudest Funny or Die moment? Um, it was another video um, called Black Women Run Hollywood. Oh, yeah, with the Offrey Woodard Alfred and the Woodard. hidden, um, mm-hmm. the hidden uh, netherworld. Yeah, the hidden netherworld underneath the arc light. Um, uh, Journey, Journey Smollett um, gets pulled into this world where she's inducted into a secret society of yeah. black women who actually run Hollywood. So the reason that it looks like black women don't have many positions of power in Hollywood right. um, is that they have to stay under the, they have to fly under the radar right. um, because actually they control everything. So right. sort of parroting and, and trying to highlight how the, the, the problem with diversity in, uh, in, in Hollywood, but the women who we ended up getting involved were Loretta um, Devine. Yeah. Loretta Devine, Tracy Ellis Ross, Retta, Megan Good, um, Nicole Byer, uh, who's a lovely friend of mine and also really hilarious. It was exciting to get her in there. Um, yeah, it was, it and was they all crazy. have the crazy robes and there's some yeah. joke about the robes. Oh, they were so hot. They hated me so much. Right. <laughs> they, they were like, why did you write these robes? And I was like, ah, sorry. And it had to feel <laughs> like a secret all. society. It, and, and they were really excited. Like yeah. they were so excited to get to work together because I don't, I know as a standup, as a female standup, I very seldom get to work with other female stand-ups because usually there's one on every show. Right. And so when you get to do a show where like a bunch of you get to hang out, it's so exciting. And I think there was an element of that with them also that like, I mean, unless they happen to be doing some like big, you know, urban rom-com or something, they're like the black woman on this show or in this Unless it's the best man holiday. Exactly. Which I love, by the way. I do too. I love Um, that movie. I cried like a bitch. I know, right? And it was so, like, it was so over-the-top sad. Um, But I still love it. But they don't make movies like that anymore. It was, like, sort of big-budget, glossy, comedy drama, funny, but I don't know. I also really liked about that movie that, um, that, uh, uh, what's his name? Uh, Tay Diggs. Yeah. Was, like, the villain, both that one and the regular yeah. best man, because I think he's so gross. So really? I, I do. You like, think Tay Diggs is gross? I think he, well, okay, in How Stella Got Her Groove Back, I think he's a huge dork, and I'm like, right. why is he supposed to be sexy? Because he just seems like the biggest dork. Wow. But then, like, there are We're not on like, the same page on this. There are all these, like, really, like, yucky rumors about uh, his relationship with Adina Menzel. Right. And, like, all, like, cheating and stuff, and so, and I feel like very often he is cast as... The like nice fella, like yeah. oh, wouldn't he, he has glasses? Wouldn't he sometimes. change your life? Yeah, and so to have him be like, yeah, this guy's spineless. This guy's a worm. I'm like, I like this guy. You signed on for that. I did. All I right, really, I really enjoyed that. Unless he's listening, in which case, you know, you're a good guy. Yeah, you're uh, a good guy. I loved you in Rent. <laughs> yeah. Speaking of <clears throat> speaking of Rent, you have a bit of the musical gene. I do. Yeah. You you did like um, musical improvs, mm-hmm. and you would when you would burst into song in those. Is it your own mm-hmm. tune or is it a established tune that nope. you would it's just some it's just your own tune yeah the way that it works um it would be uh, people always act, uh, think that it's like we we have a, a number of songs we just change the words right, right, right. that would be so difficult to memorize all those melodies right and then have to recreate them but with different words so it, it's completely improvised but it's with a musician with a, a piano player and when they start they're kind of like playing a chord progression i mean it, it's not just a chord progression it sounds like oh it's just the beginning of a song right but that chord progression sort of lays out how the song is going to go and you right. don't have to like 
think about it, but it just puts it in the back of your brain, and you're like, oh, you have a sense this, of where it's going. Yeah, this is how this is going to go, and yeah. so then you can kind of improvise on top of that. And I've done it for a very long time, so I got pretty brave about it. As far as I don't want to sing exactly what that chord progression is, I want to like you're going to mix it up melodies and all yeah and all over the place. Um, yeah, I'm going to mix it up. But even if you even if you're just starting out and you don't want to do that yet, uh, it makes it sound really professional and really like people polished. are impressive. Yeah. Have you ever walked off going, that was a good song. I need to, I wish I could remember that melody or those words. Like, do you ever watch up and you go, Hey, wait, that one's good. I need to remember that. Uh, no, I, I, a lot of times I'll walk off going, that was good because right. I think I'm really good at it. Right. Um, sure. <laughs> but I, I need to demo that. I need to lay that shit down. I don't normally, that's, that, that's what I'm really bad at is the holding on to it. Um, maybe I, that's for I, the best. Maybe, but I think that I probably could have written a few musicals okay. by now. Maybe not good ones, but. I mean, I, if it's I it's not could, too late. I know, I know. Maybe is that on your th- on your dream board? Like maybe someday. Uh, yeah, yeah. Do some kind of musical thing. Yeah, whether it's a stage musical or a um, or 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 like a TV show or something. Yeah. You still have to come to hip hop with me. I know. I've started going to Afro funk dance. Classes. Where do you go? Heartbeat House. Of course. Israel. And it is. I okay. <clears throat> I only went once so far. Okay. Uh, and I hurt for two days afterwards. Wow. I was. It was so hard. I bet it's a lot of like uh, cont- contractions and it's, back. But it's just butt. It's constant butt, like the entire time. Wow. Your, your butt is just doing circles in a way that like I didn't know butts could do, and right. mine couldn't do. By the end of the class, mine could kind of do it. It's getting there. I could see it. But it's one of those things where it's like if I take an exercise class and I hurt really bad afterwards, then I figure okay, I'm either going to never do that again, right? Or I've gotten through one and I have to keep going like for right. a long time because I can't go back to zero. Do you know, like I don't yeah. want to go through the first class again, right? So, so you have to keep going. Yeah. So. Now, is that like a New Year's resolution kind of thing or just a coincidence that it's a new thing on your radar? It's just a coincidence. My friend Emily and I have been trying to go for a long time and yeah. kept like not being able to do it. And then she was like, let's go. And I was like, okay. As you know, I am very scared of going to any kind of dance class. So I had to have a friend be like, you're picking me up in 10 minutes. All right. Like, uh, okay. Do you want to go to my hip hop class sometime? Uh, okay. Uh, Let me know. Just, text, just say, I just do. say the I word. You, so okay. 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 We'll, we'll figure it out. Oh my God. I feel yeah. like if I do a hip hop class, I'm also going to like overcompensate and like show up in a whole like hip hop outfit yeah. and be like, like this, is right. this right? I bought all these clothes. For am, I, am I, am I hitting it? Am I living? Yeah. It's yeah. the slang. What's funny is like, I've been going to this class for like three years. So happy. Love it so much. And songs will come on and everyone in there will know every single word. And I still have never heard of it. And I even like, like new stuff or old stuff. I don't know. That's the thing. Yeah. And I'm not like, I listen to pop radio and stuff like that, but there's certain, I guess, certain windows of like, that I don't know. Like I know, with, I know my Usher and stuff. Well, sure. But um, that happened to me with spin class. Yeah. I would be like, oh, this is a class from my, this is a song from my spin class. And yeah. People are like, that's what do you mean? It's just a song. It's I'm just like, a song. Oh. <laughs> I thought it was a spin song. <laughs> now, do you remember the first time you did stand up and what made you want to do it? Um, I think it. I, well, it came out of the musical improv stuff and the fact that I couldn't I can't hold on to that so I did musical improv for so long and I, I we didn't ever want to write those songs we didn't ever right. want to record it's, them it's, it's its own thing it's yeah. not like a growth business and it just feels like you're throwing comedy down a well and yeah. I was like this is stupid this, right. I should I should be able to build something that I can reuse right because you sell. can't go and, yeah 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 because yeah. also nobody wants to ever record musical improv because right. you're not really hitting the notes that well when, yeah. when upon closer inspection so uh, I started doing sketch and then the problem with sketch is you still have to have like a bunch of people right uh, which I like working with people but I also don't like having to count on them to whether to sure. whether or not I get to do work right so uh, there was a show at the UCB in New York called School Night that my friend Justin ran and it was just sort of like a a variety show and um, I was like I had a friend who would do stand up on it and she was like you're as funny as me and I was like yeah, but I don't know how to do it. And she like sort of walked me through it and uh, I was like, do those things. And so I went up and tried it and it, it went really well. Uh, it probably went well because I had a lot of friends there. Right. But I liked it a lot. And uh, and so I would try to do a lot more stand-up and this was when I was living in New York and it was so hard because I'd gotten to a certain level with improv and I was known to the comedy community from improv. And so when I would con- contact the people whose shows I had done before and say, I'd like to do stand-up on your show now, they would be like, wait, what? You don't, Wait, 
but you're an improviser. And I right. would be like, well, but now I'm doing stand-up. And they're like, mm, but you're really new at stand-up. Like, I didn't realize that I should have done two years of stand-up before trying to get on that show. Right. Um, that I wasn't as good at stand-up as I had been at improv. Right. At the time. You're and, starting over in a way. Yeah. So then I moved out here and... I had no history and was like, I'm just a stand-up. And people were like, okay, we believe you. You can do our show. Wow, that's cool. (laughs) Yeah. So it became much easier by moving out here. That's cool. Yeah. What did you think when you first moved to LA? Was it, did you like it at first? I loved it. But I also thought that I was going to hate it. So So you were prepared. Yeah. So I was like, okay, dummies. And then showed up and was like, this is lovely. Um, Yeah. Yeah. It's just, I I like that people believe in dreams here. Yeah. uh, Which is super cheesy. But coming from New York where... I would tell someone would be like, what do you do? And I'd be like, I'm a comedian. They'd be like, okay, so where do you wait tables? <laughs> They're really bitchier about that out there oh, than here. So bitchy. Really? So bitchy about it there. Yeah. And here I'm a comedian. Oh, really? Cool. Yeah. My friend is too. You know right. what I resent when people say, oh, everyone has a script. Yeah. I, it bugs me when like, oh, the waiter has a script. Yeah. You know, all the people who sold scripts, they all had scripts too. Yeah. I know. So and I really hate that. they come from? <laughs> they like, the, 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 the only the good script tree. Yeah. You know, like, yeah, I don't like that when people, when people say that they, yeah. the, they diss the mere fact that somebody has a script. That's all fear. That's all like, oh, I don't want to be, I don't want to be a, a loser. So I'm going to make fun of other people because they're might, they might fail because I'm so scared of failing. That's right. Like, Okay, well, you're so definitely failing as long as you're Roosevelt not Roosevelt quote about the man in the arena. Do you know that quote? I don't, I'm going to paraphrase, but it's like, you'd rather be the doer and fail than be the person that sits on the sidelines and, like, crit- criticizes. Yeah. Uh, rather, uh, it's better to be, um, I'd rather have failed daring greatly than the other thing. Yeah. Anyway, yeah, I'll send you a link. Yeah. Anyways, it's a good quote. Um, it's true. I mean, what kind of life do you want? I know. You're just, like, sitting around and... What's been the highlight of your stand-up so far? I know you've done some television shows and mm-hmm. like and festival like my Montreal and stuff like that. Was mm-hmm. there ever a moment where you're like, this is delicious? Um, probably doing my first stand-up set on the Pete Holmes show. Yeah. Um, uh, my first like TV set on the Pete Holmes show. That was really great. And that is on your website mm-hmm. and it's so funny and you killed. Thank you. Thanks. Yeah, that was great. Um, it was, what was great about it was, uh, that Pete, since Pete is a stand-up, he set up the crowd, um, in a way that most hosts don't on TV shows. It's difficult to do stand-up on a TV show. Any kind of live performance on yeah. a TV show is kind of hard and weird. Um, and he went out and talked to the audience and was like, listen, normally when a stand-up performs, it, she has, she, she'll take like the first, uh, five, ten minutes getting you getting to know you getting you to like her she doesn't have that time here so you guys have to like her immediately you have to be best friends with her immediately so he said that that? before before the camera told yeah and and of course his audience were like all people who loved him and they were like we will do anything for you yes so when i came out they were on on board and it felt really to have somebody explain that to an audience is good because it makes sense and it's so simple like why not tell every audience they they all should do that when they have a stand-up on and it's essentially the, the same thing as being like, all right, everybody clap, but like telling them why, yeah, telling them how. Um, so if you can say that, you can go ahead and give give them a little more info. Do you, I know you write a lot and change your act a lot. Is there one thing that like, you know, that no matter how bad things are going, you've, you've got this thing coming up and this is a winner? Yes. What What's it about? You don't have to <laughs> give it away, but is it like, oh, it's, it's a story about this or it's a story about that? I think it's the opener on that um, Pete Holmes Set. I think I used that right at the top. Or no, it's like right after. It's it's pretty close to the top. To yeah. the beginning. It's about um, seeing an ex-boyfriend that uh, that usually when um, people oh, see Oh, about ex, not looking good. Yeah. Usually yeah, yeah, when people yeah. see their ex, they want to look good. And yeah. when I see my ex, I try to look as shitty as possible. Um, and did that come out of a, a real observation? It did. Yeah, it did. I was working with uh, a guy that I had been dating and my cat died. Um, and that was very sad. And I had to go to a meeting, you know, like the next day on, on this project with this guy that I've been dating. And I was started the process that I think most of us do just like unconsciously where it's like, all right, got to super put myself together. Cause my stupid ex is going to be there. Right. And then stopped. and was like, Oh no, I don't have to do that at all. Screw this. Like he yeah. should be. He's lucky he did me. Like, I don't want to make him feel more proud of himself. Yeah. Like, I can go ahead and go in sweatpants and screw this guy. Like, and not screw... I mean, he's a nice guy. I'm friends with him. Right. But, um, 
But like, yeah, I don't need to make him feel better right now. Somebody needs to be making me feel better. Right. My cat died. And you turned it into a little bit of comedy gold. I did. I turned it into a joke that always works. That's good to have one of those. Yeah. Um, now you were just named one of Time Out's comedians to watch. Yes. Now is Time Out just New York or is it national? It's in every. <clears throat> it's in all the major cities. So this was actually Time Out LA's list. But they don't have a print magazine. It's online. I don't think so. Yeah, I think it's because when I saw that, I was like, "There's a Time Out LA." Because you know, when I land in New York. That's I go to Hudson get. News before I leave the airport, and I pick up that time out. Yeah, that was one thing that I was shocked by when I came here, because I had lived, after college, I'd lived in uh, London and then New York, and both of those cities are huge time out cities, yeah. and, so then when I, and so that's how I got to New York City, so when I came out here, I was like, I'll take my time out LA, please. I know, and, and they don't have it. Yeah, nobody. I love to buy my time out New York, and I'm in the cab or whatever mm-hmm. with my highlighter. Yeah. That's yeah. me. And so. it makes it so simple. Well, now I know there's a time out of LA, but what a huge honor. That's a big deal. Yeah, yeah. That was, it was really nice. It was great. And, and it was also really nice that almost everybody on that list is a good friend of mine. Right. Um, and so it feels like a community. It feels like, like a, a, a big band of people. And you got to do forward. a photo shoot here in your I house. Did. I got to do a photo shoot right here. I recognize the chair. Uh-huh. I, I think love it. moved around a little bit, but yeah. And the cat was there and it, yeah. Um, and in fact, the the last, not the last time I saw you, the last time I saw you, you came to a, a table read I did of a pilot that I was working on, two pilots, and your notes were so good, by the way. Thanks. And I think they've helped me get to this, like, final round of this contest that I'm in. But before that, I think it was the photo shoot for that LA Weekly thing. Oh, yeah. Yeah, where we were, um, Eliza and Rob Nolan and I, three of the striking writers were... Mm-hmm. But the only great thing that came out of that whole thing is I loved where we were. Mm-hmm. It was this funky, used, like, neon graveyard place yeah. on... Anybody who's been in L.A. has definitely driven past it. I know. It's on, on La Brea and... Is it like Melrose or... Bellary yeah, like or Third something? Street or yeah. something. It's like... It's where they have all the stuff. But if you go deeper, it's full of treasures. Yeah. I was... I think of that photo shoot now every time I drive past there. And I, I was... I, 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 like, they must just use it for that all the time. Yeah. Like them, they must have photo shoots there every day. Because there's so much cool stuff. Yeah. Inside. Yeah. I remember we were trying to sort of look disgruntled. <laughs> like, yeah, like, we oh, know. we're having a hard time. <laughs> we're on strike. It was a weird thing. Cause it was, it like, was a weird thing because you know I like a photo shoot. I'll, yeah, exactly. I, you know, I've got, I, you know, I got my angles, whatever. But, <laughs> <laughs> but we're all sitting there trying to be... Well, yeah. That was weird. Trying to be stoic. That was businessy. weird. What's the best thing that came out of that strike for you? What's something good about it? Um, I think that it, got, it it raised my profile as a political voice, like a political comedian. Um, the next job I got after that was Totally Biased, um, the, which was a show on FX. And that I know that they had initially been interested in me because of uh, because of a video I made about Tyler Perry. Which I'm obsessed with, by the way. It's on my list. Oh, thank you. Um, but I think also the fact that then that happened, the strike happened, and I was pretty vocal about it and was posting a lot about it and yeah. trying. And it was important to me not just to tell people that we were on strike or tell people that there was a strike, but to explain to them why it matter, it should matter to them. Right. Because like, it's a confusing thing. Um, and it's, I think there, there were a lot of questions, like why is it just a show is on strike or is everybody on strike or are you, how come you can still work at other jobs? And so I I wanted to educate people about it because I felt like if people knew what this really was, they would definitely care. Right. Um, I think just a lot of people didn't know. Um, Right. So because I was doing a lot of that kind of writing, I think that caught their eye also. And they were like, Oh, well she politically is where we need a writer to be for this show. So we're going to give her a job. That's awesome. Yeah. And you were in New York for that. I was. I was in New York for four months. And you appeared in several episodes. I did, yeah. Yeah. It was a fun show to work on. It was, um, the, the people I was writing with were just, like, the, the such an amazing writing staff. Right. Um, from, like, Aparna Nancherla and Guy Branham, who right. we, we had worked with before, and um, Dwayne Kennedy. And, like, our producer was Chris Rock. So from Was there, he around? He was around sometimes. Yeah, he would come, come by. And, uh, I, I just want him... I feel like he's like Yoda. I just want to listen to him, because I feel like his observations are so fresh and on the mark, and, like, he cuts through stuff. Yeah, I think that's true. I think that's really, really true. I think he's also, though, a person, which is nice, where... 
he allows for himself to not be right all the time. Like right. when he's when he's actually like talking to you, you're like, that's so smart, that's so smart, that's so smart, and he's like, or whatever, and you're like, yeah, okay, well, some of that stuff wasn't like yeah. it's like having a conversation with a real person, right? Um, what was it like when he would come around? Was it exciting or intimidating or like, oh shit, Chris is coming? Well, today. I was one of the newer writers, so for me, it was just exciting, right? And I would just do bits with him because I, I I don't know I. It's sometimes I'm like, I'm stupid for not being more worried about some of these things. And right. sometimes I'm like, oh no, everybody else is stupid for being worried, worried about, about these it. things. Worried about it. And if you... You know? Yeah. Because like, he would show up and everybody would be like, hey, hi. And I would be like, hey. And he would, he would do a joke and I would like tag it. Because yeah. that's what you do as a comic. You're, you're like, how can I... Again, sort of like I said with Funnier Day, like, how can I make this better? How can I make that bit you just yeah. it better? Um, and so we would end up joking around, doing bits and stuff. And... I was like, why isn't everybody doing this? Yeah. Um, but there was also a TV show that needed making. And sure. So sometimes I had less to do than somebody else. Right. Um, but yeah, I thought he was really cool. Um, you, have you seen his movie, Top 5? I did. I got to go to a screening of it a year ago. Wow. A year yeah. ago? Yeah. It's fun. I yeah. laughed a lot. I got to see some scenes that apparently have gotten cut out of this one. Um but, uh, it, yeah, I, I really liked it. And there were some things in it that I, you know, I think that he, he's got a lot of things that he says about women that I don't always love. Yeah. Um, but in top five, he would say those things. And then the Rosario Dawson character he would, would get come challenged on them in a really great way. And I would, and I kept reminding myself like, oh, he wrote her too. He wrote right. those words also. So right. he knows he, he's, he knows that he's not totally Right on some of these And those things. ideas are now out there. People are now yeah. thinking about those ideas. Exactly. Um, the Tyler Perry video, I think you were talking about, mm -hmm. it's, you talk about your dream to be in a Tyler Mo Perry movie, mm -hmm. but realizing that those kinds of roles, there's a very limited number of them and there's a certain type. And then you do like a line of dialogue from each. Mm -hmm. God, I was, I was howling in the coffee bean. <laughs> oh, thank you. They're man. like the rude sales lady. Uh -huh, that's like very, that's very like pretty woman. Mm -hmm. What are you doing in here? You can't afford that. Mm -hmm. Um, yeah, that's, that's pretty, pretty closely stolen from why did I get married? Yeah. Um, but yeah, there, well, I got, do you watch Tyler Perry movies? I do. Um, I got really into Tyler Perry for a while there. I think that he is fascinating. I mean, there's on the one hand, there's the whole genre of movies and how popular they are. Um, but then also he is crazily successful and yeah. did so outside the Hollywood system. Um, I don't like his TV shows, so I don't ever include those in a discussion of right. it. But every time people are like, well, first of all, white people love making fun of his movies. And nine times out of ten when a white person makes fun of those movies. They haven't been to one. They've never seen them. And I'm I like, went to my first one with, my what, like my first week writing on the Big Gay Sketch Show, my uh, boss, Scott King, loves, loves going to Tyler Perry movies. So we were all going to go. It was like a field trip. And I just couldn't believe it was a Medea movie, but I couldn't believe the tonal shifts. Like, yes, it went from so like rape to really I broad comedy. I love how fast. Yes, it's like like a like a fart joke to a molestation moment. Yeah, and like what? what just happened? How do you do yeah, that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It um, was it was kind of like Sanford and Son meets The Accused. Like yeah. it was just, I loved the shifts. Yeah, yeah. and it's and it it, it creates. It, melodrama and like high yeah. drama, which I just, I love. I love it. It's like, I mean, if I, it's pretty close to the most extreme version of a Lifetime movie. Yeah. You know, that kind of melodrama. I saw one of his live shows once. Yeah. I bought myself my little $100 ticket, went that's, all by myself. Cause that's no not a little ticket, me. by the way. Okay. <laughs> well, that's why no yeah. one would go with me. Yeah. So I was like, <laughs> um, at the Madison Square Garden theater and it was like a revival. They were like showing clips of his performances before the show. And then... Uh, it was a performance of Medea's um, Big Happy Family before they made that into a movie. And so the, that's the one where the, the mother dies, spoiler, right. of cancer. Right. Um, and the whole family is like kind of has to deal with their stuff because of her right. death. But in the stage show, when she dies, she is like lifted up and they have these big digital wings behind her as she's singing. Because also the stage shows are far more gospel musicals. Right. So she's like singing and there are these wings and it's just like... So crazy, over the top, dramatic. I was like, "This is where I want to live." It's like, amazing. Right? <laughs> was he there? Yeah. Is he around? Is oh, he yeah. in the show? Yeah, he's in the show playing Medea. Right on. Yeah, because that's how he develops them. Also, he all when he started making movies, 
people were like, who is this guy? Who's going to these movies? He had already developed a crazy giant following by doing, uh, by touring the quote unquote Chitlin circuit, doing these shows, uh, mostly on the East coast, but in black theaters and the, and he had huge audiences. So by putting his name at the beginning of the title, it was branding in a way that meant something to people. And then when he started making the movies, all these people who'd never heard of him were like, who's this arrogant guy who feels like he should put his name at the beginning of the title. Well, did you say that about Walt Disney also? Yeah. Because Walt Disney's Robin Hood has Walt Disney right at the beginning of that one. Um, But all those people were like, oh, I know that guy. I know that show. We're going to go spend all of our money on it, and he's going to be a bajillionaire. Right. So, ha, 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 Hollywood. I think he doesn't masturbate. (laughs) I think he doesn't know about internet porn. Because how else does he... I think he does. He gets so much done, is uh, my point. I think he has... I think he has... I think he puts his hands up, and he has people come in and do all that for him. He the just, masturbating yeah. or the other they, stuff? They come in, they masturbate for him, <laughs> they do everything, and he's like, thank you, you And he's typing. Now. Yep. Uh-huh. The, my grossest Tyler Perry moment, though, was right during the recession on Oprah, he gave her a Bentley, I think. Oh, or she gave him a Bentley. There was some Bentley swapping. Oh. I think Gail got a Bentley, too. There's a lot of problems. Yeah. There are <laughs> huge Tyler Perry problems. But he I says, love that he was in Gone Girl. Yeah. And he was in uh, Star Trek, also. Yeah, he's good. Yeah. He's good. Anyway, that's a lot of Tyler Perry. Sorry. But anyway, I love that video. Mm-hmm. It's really, really fun. Thank um, you. You also tweeted recently that Lisa Kudrow is my hero. Ugh. I'm obsessed with that finale uh, of the comeback. I that can't finale. get over it. I mean, I love that show, but that finale, I like. I'm gonna cry just talking. Like I just cried and was like, "Yes, what are we all doing?" But yes, we're all human beings. Yes. Oh God, it was, was so, so sublime. That moment where she. Just unloads on that producer. I loved that. In early on, not in the finale, or in the, the finale. It was in the finale, but it was earlier in the episode, I believe. Yeah, yeah, because it's, um, isn't it, where she was like, um, where she's like, don't do that, don't do that, don't ask me for my autograph. Don't. Yeah, yeah it might have been earlier. In the earlier. Scene. Don't ask. Yeah, yeah, just say you know. Yeah. All that cute stuff. She's so like not allowed to be angry ever. Yeah. yeah. Um, and it just finally comes out and it's, and it's still like, it's not that angry. It's not, she's not a vicious person, but she's not even allowed to be that angry. Right. And it's all true. Like she's, she's a grown up. I have friends that just love it, love it, love it in a very comedic way. And I'm not on that train because it brings stuff up. Oh yeah. It brings up a lot of stuff. Like what are they saying about Hollywood and also trying to have a career in that? And these are people that have been very successful in Mm -hmm. Hollywood. They've done really well, you know, and I, sometimes I felt like I liked Valerie more than the people making it, but then the way it evolved and came around was so satisfying. That's what I think is so interesting about it because I, I loved Valerie the whole time and was like, Oh God, what? Ah, why is, I, I why is she her. going through this? And why is, I and, get why she's the way she is. And sometimes when people are like, ugh, she's so terrible, whether it was another character on the show or someone in my real life, I would be like, oh God, is is it, I don't see her as terrible. I, I see her as trying to like make everything okay for everybody. Do, am I like that? Do I, do people walk away yeah. from me saying the same thing? Cause I, I cannot imagine making different choices than a lot of right. hers in a lot of these moments. But I do feel like, I feel like that. And also Louie, I don't consider comedies as much as really fascinating, dramatic shows about yeah. comedy. Right. Do you know what I mean? Right. Um, where it's just yeah it's so cringy uh but it's so great uh my i have a friend who was in it and my friend bane played the writer who was in um it was in, in the first series and then this one she meets her at like whole foods i want to know what that whole what that whole <sighs> thing was about because to me it was like she she's gained weight now mm-hmm. And she's in Whole Foods, and she had an HBO pilot that didn't go. And that failure sort of defined her. Yeah. And I'm like, look, you got a job. You're yeah. obviously not on the street. Yeah. Well, just the, the like, being, the, the, that, I don't know, I felt like I related to the, the being so close to unraveling. Yeah. At a moment. Like, that. you don't, that moment starts when they say hello. I'm not like, oh, she's going to end this crying and completely unraveling. Yeah. Um, and then it just happens. And, uh, yeah. And I think it talks a lot about, uh, I think it challenges our values in Hollywood. It doesn't necessarily condemn them, 
but it's like, are you sure? Are you sure about are you, this? Are you sure this is what's so important? Yeah. yeah. And are you sure it's important in this way and that yeah. this part of it is what's important? And that's, I really and also, like that. And also that the rules are different for men and women. It really underscores yes. that in a huge way. Oh, God, that fucking Polly G, man. Yeah. I know that guy. Yeah. I, I, he had uh, a delicious moment, though, in the finale. Oh, where yeah, he when thought, he gets up. Yeah, the, oh, uh, so good. Uh, and the, the seamlessness between the way it was shot on documentary, I just thought... It was just sublime. I'm in love with it. Yeah. Okay. Um, you have a lot of followers on Twitter. Oh, thank you. Do you like tweeting or do you feel like it's part of the job? A little of both. Yeah. It depends. I do like tweeting. I, it actually helps me as a stand-up. A lot of times I'll, it, you know, I should be keeping more of a notebook where right. anytime I think of a funny thing, I write it down and then later I look at it. Right. But a lot of times instead, if I think of a funny thing, I'll tweet it and then later I can go through my tweets and be like, can I expand any of yeah, these? Yeah, there's into, an like, idea there. joke. Um, I, 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 I do a lot of promoting shows on yeah. Twitter and I worry that that will make, that will lose me followers. The people are annoying. Yeah. yeah. It's hard to know. But I have to do that too. And if it's someone who can come to one of my shows and they like my tweets, shouldn't they want to do that? Yeah. Um, it's, I don't really, it's hard to tell how many I have. I mean, there's an actual number, but like I see people with. A qu- like a quarter of the followers that I have who mobilize them constantly and yeah. are like, okay, Tweeple, yeah. I need somebody to do this for yeah. me. And like people will do it. And I'm like, I need someone to go masturbate for Tyler Perry. Yeah, exactly. And I'm like, oh, should I do that? Yeah. Is that a thing I can do? I just, because uh, I also have friends who've got like hundreds of thousands of followers. Yeah. And I'm like, well, that's a lot. I just right. have some. What's, um, what's the most controversial thing you've tweeted about? Was there one that just started a shitstorm? <laughs> um, the most recent one was during that whole interview thing. Yeah. Uh, I posted, ha, 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 people thought there was free speech in Hollywood. Because everybody was like, what about free speech? And I'm like, what are you talking about free speech? What? You know, people are paying for all this stuff. You know, you know right. about there's always notes, There's always right? a bottom. Yeah, you think there's, that like, yeah. artists are just like, I shall make a movie. And then right. the movie appears. Like, yeah. that, that's, not, that's not the way that works. Right. And all these people were like, Hey, no, unfollow! I am unfollowing you, yeah. and like got all mad about it and stuff. I couldn't believe that people got that mad about that. I went to that movie on Christmas Day. Mm-hmm. I laughed my head off. I yeah. thought it was funny. I thought I, it was really funny. I downloaded it and I fell asleep. But that's yeah, what to I, I feel like there's been a few movies this year where I had a different experience than almost everyone else that saw it. Um, I also love your your video, Vampire Dancer. Oh, thank you. Because you get at, it's it's another, like, you do five different characters that would be in a vampire dance movie. And it's basically a dance movie, but then some people have fangs. <laughs> fangs, yeah. But I love that you understand, there was the dance teacher who was also a vampire, mm-hmm. who said that she'd been alive for 400 years and she's never seen ballet and hip hop work together. Because <laughs> I was like, I remember when I came out of Step Up, I was explaining it to my friends and I'm like, there's a ballet dancer mm-hmm. and she meets a hip hop dancer and they're somehow going to try to make it work. Oh, it could never happen. I know. That's what I thought yeah. when I first, I thought they're crazy to even I know, try it. I know. Yeah. Because you know, he's hip hop from the streets. Right. And what, she's like what about. they have in common? No, there? I don't know how it's going to intersect. I don't know. Yeah. But I can't wait to find yeah. out. There's uh, And then when I saw Center Stage, I was like, well, here, it definitely can't happen here. Fuck. Center Stage, when that dress <laughs> unspins, when that dress unspins yeah. to that Jamiroquai song. I mean, oh. what? I, I, I thought want, I was I want to go ballet. home and watch that movie <laughs> all now. Of, all about fusing yeah. hip hop and ballet. Every I single love dance it. Movie. Love it. All right. Now, what would be your dream gig? If the phone could ring tomorrow as a performer, as a writer, as some kind of mix? Uh, hosting my own talk show with a really great writing staff. That would be amazing. Yeah. I love it. Yeah. That's a great gig. Yeah. Uh, I don't have it. I don't yeah. have that gig. You know what? It's a dream. Put that shit on your dream board. Yeah, I will. Yeah. I, I, I have. I do. <laughs> um, a lot of times when people are talking about... Uh, show business and and how things lead to the other they say well i was in the right place at the right time or i wasn't mm-hmm. was there a time when you were in the right place at the right time uh yeah i was the right place was unemployed and having absolutely nothing to do and the right time was when uh fashion police needed another writer really yeah and jackie clark recommended me and uh the head writer at the time tony yeah emailed like she had she had recommended a, a bunch of people. Yeah, he emailed a bunch of people. I was the most unemployed and yeah. most available one who wrote back the first and was like, "Yeah, me, okay." And he was like, "Great, okay, come in." 
And that's, that got me that job, which got me another, which got me another, which got me another. I mean, it was, it ended up So it was a foot in the door, that job. Oh yeah. Yeah. It ended up being like a a crappy situation. And like, we all knew that it was a crappy situation the whole time where we'd be like, it's weird that we work work this hard. For not very much money. Um, but it was, it was, it was a job. It served its purpose. mm -hmm, Yeah. And if I hadn't, if I had been like in a movie when I got that email, someone else would have written back first. Yeah. Wow. That's really interesting. That was the last thing I thought you would say about that. Mm-hmm. Wow. Okay. So before we, before we started, you wrote, you wrote, a, you took a few questions from my, um, observation deck. Mm-hmm. Do you like that? I brand mm-hmm. shit. Oh, uh, it's very cruise. I know, right? <laughs> Where's the coolest place you've ever gotten to go for work? Uh, uh Shanghai, China. For what? Improv. What? Uh, yeah, I got How are you doing improv in Shanghai? Do they... They've got a lot of expats. Okay. So they've got like British and American people who are living over there. And yeah. And it was a company, I don't even know if it still exists, but it was a company called Chopsticks. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> oh you weren't spelling it shtick, right? Oh, yeah. Oh, man. Yeah, okay. Would, All right. They would bring That's over That's borderline acts. amazing. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, they brought over comedy acts and uh, I got to go to Beijing and Shanghai um, and do short form improv. Wow. Yeah. It was real crazy, but it was fun. And I was, and I remember actually in Beijing being at like the, the temple of, or the temple of heaven, I think. And just looking at it and being like, I'm here cause of improv. Right. That's crazy. I'm here cause of like party quirks and zip zap zop and these right. dumb games. And yes and. Yeah. And yes anding. But yeah, it was really cool. I have that experience sometimes cause you know, my career has had its ups and downs, but there are times when I found myself in a place somewhere else and I'm like, I'm here because I write. That's yeah. what got me here. Like I was Dubai or yeah. uh, places like that. And um, so it's pretty awesome. Yeah. As an improver, what's the su- audience suggestion that you hope to never hear again? Proctologist. I was going to say gynecologist. We were in the same area. Yeah. It's yeah. just like... What do you, like, do you, when I would get those suggestions, I started raffling it to the audience where I'd be like, the rest of you guys want to hear that? Is that what you, is that what you guys want to hear? And they would all be like, no. And I'd right. be like, okay, let's get it. Let's get it. We're going to do one redo then. Yeah. Um, well, cause I think I if, if people are new, of, um, audience members are new, they go right there. But I think anyone that's been to more than one show is like, no. And the thing is that audience member who said that suggestion. They don't want to see that. Yeah. They're not like, wow, I'd really like to see a scene that takes place in a prep. They're just like, I'm a funny guy. <laughs> yeah. The rest of this audience thinks I'm a funny guy. Yeah. Like, okay, it's... we get it. You're funny. Now what do yeah. you actually want to see something yeah. about? I hear you. I love that you were doing improv in Shanghai. Uh, <laughs> what's the funniest way you've ever blown a take? Um, oh, th- I was, uh, I, this was an audition for uh, a yogurt commercial. And I, when I used to do commercial auditions, uh, they were all yogurt commercials. Yeah. It was just like yogurt after yogurt after <laughs> yogurt. And we all know Leisha Haley is the yo, yo play yeah. woman. Favorite song on the radio. Good. Yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> her or actually Andrea Rosen then yeah. eventually took it over and, uh, and she did a bunch of yeah. it. But so this was, um, this was for, uh, yogurt that was like dessert yogurt. Yum. And so it was a lady, people might've seen this commercial. It got made, yeah. um, in a, a lady looking in the, um, her work refrigerator. Yeah. And then her friend comes up and she's like, Oh my God, you're so skinny. And the friend is like, yeah, well I have like Boston cream pies. And they're like, what? And they're like, no, I mean Boston cream pie yogurt. And the friend is like, and then you just like, just like, uh, or no, it's all going on in her head. No, 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 it was, it was a conversation. Um, basically she's just like, oh, you're so skinny. How do you do it? You're amazing. And the friend is like, I just eat these yogurts and they're cool and they taste like dessert. And they're like, yay. Okay. So I did that audition and I was there for a callback and I, and they had us read both parts and I was just so fucking tired of these commercials. And so I'm reading the skinny girl role. Um, and the other girl's like, wow. So how, so you just eat these yogurts? And I was like, yeah, just eat these yogurts. And I lost a bunch of weight. I used to be really, really fat. Like, I couldn't leave my house. They On camera? Knock, yeah. They had to knock down a wall. <laughs> they were like, uh, What was that? You were exercising. Okay, <laughs> you were You were exercising. Well, because that's it feel what like, they're saying. That's yeah. what those commercials are saying. Like, I was disgusting. 
disgusting. Right. Then I found these yogurts, and now I hardly <laughs> exist at all, so everyone can love me. Like, blech. You have a, bur- a, a meter for, like, fairness and justice, and, like, you can't <laughs> shut it down for two seconds yeah, for an audition. Right? <laughs> yeah. That's so, wh- How did they react? They were like, uh, okay, God, bye. I'd love to see that tape. <laughs> that would be so funny. Yeah. But did you feel good about yourself? I felt great about it. I yeah. was like, I'm way more proud of that than I would have been at the actual commercial. Yeah. yeah. You took a stand. <laughs> have you ever written a fan letter? I did. Uh, I wrote a fan letter to Michael J. Fox when I was a, a little kid. When we were like, when he was Alex P. Keaton or Back to the Future. I think it was back. It was either Back to the Future. It might have been Teen Wolf or something. Yeah. But um, yeah, when he when it was like uh, we had to learn how to write letters, and yeah. so I was like, you could write a letter to anyone. I was like, it will be Michael J. Fox. Yes, yes it will. Um, yeah, I thought he was the coolest. Wow. Did you hear anything back? No. No. Someday you will. Maybe you can work with him. <laughs> that would be great. That's cool. Did you get a grade on it? I did. Okay. Yeah. I, I, I passed. I'm not still in kindergarten. So, so I guess, it must have worked yeah. out. <laughs> um, memorable pranks you played or endured. Do you, uh, are you a, a prankster person? Do you I like am, that stuff? I am not. Right. Um, I, but I was in Edinburgh uh, I did uh, the Edinburgh Did you festival. do the festival? Is it neat? It is neat. It's exhausting. Is it like trying to get 10 people to come to your show? Yeah. You have to flyer. That's a big part yeah, of it. Yeah, yeah, You have to stand out and flyer. And a lot of people could go over there and kind of feel like they're a big deal or that that, yeah. that having gotten a spot on the festival is a big deal. A lot of people have a hard time flyering, basically. Their egos are like, I shouldn't right. have to. And right. then they don't flyer. And then people don't go to their shows. And it's a disaster. Did you learn that before you got there or did you figure it out as you went? I figured it out as I went, but I also was there with a company, okay. and so they had kind of figured it out already. So, so you, were you doing us. improv or a mm-hmm. show? Okay. I was doing improv. Um, but so the first year I went there, I was there for a month, and they have so many clowns there. It's disgusting. And they're not like good clowns. They're just, they're theater clowns. Right. And they all have a slash on it, so it's like, it's uh, like one of them was a lesbian uh, lesbian burlesque vampire clowns. Sure. That was one show. Uh, they had, there was one show that was a black and white cough, black and white Holocaust Kafka clown show. Great. Like just so many, clowns. whatever it could a be, a lot of fairy clowns, a yeah. lot of like, like whimsical, like clowns. And they're all over the place. And so we're out there flyering, and then they're just clowns everywhere flyering. And these clowns, these fucking <laughs> they're clowns. They're fucking cock-blocking you. They're, well, and the, but they also, they'll flyer to you. Like, we're trying, I'm out there trying to find regular people. I'm right, not right, trying right. to flyer to clowns. But the clowns are trying to flyer to me, and the clowns don't talk. So they're just like, like pointing at their mouth and right. pointing at their tummy and being like, mm, I'm hungry. Oh, also we had candy. So we okay. could do that candy. So, um, and, or one of them like crawled on, crawled on the ground pointing at my shoes oh, because they liked God. my shoes. That's how, that clown came real close to getting kicked in the face. <laughs> I hated the clowns. They were like flies that you want to shoo I away. Hated them. I kind of hated them at the beginning of the month. By the end of the month, I hated them. Well, and I was staying there with, uh, we were, I was sharing a flat with my cast and they were all really hilarious, wonderful people. Yeah. Um, and on my last day, uh, I, a friend of mine, one of the producers, was like, "Oh, let's go to this little tourist thing. I'll meet you um, at the uh, in the square. You, but just flyer until you, I, I get there. Just right. we have one more show, so can you just flyer until right, then? right, right?" And I was like, "Okay, fine." So I'm standing Shit. out there flyering. It's gonna and, be fucking clowns. And this fucking clown came up to me, <laughs> and he was the grossest looking clown. Like, like put his makeup on in a car kind of clown, which is what most of them look like. But this one was like real sad and pathetic. And he's like pointing at my food, at my candy, and like yeah. trying to put it in his mouth, and um, look, just looking like a weird like baby child. Yeah, like, he might not have even had a show in the festival. Yeah, he could have exactly. just been. He's just like, oh, oh clown, do, do, do. and I was so grossed out by him. I started to say. Use your words. I was like, you, oh my God, Brendan. And it was one of the guys in our cast who had bought this whole clown outfit just to come <laughs> fuck with me. And all the cast came out and they were all like, ha ha. And I was like, they were like, you were so mad. Why were you so mad? And I was like, cause it was a clown. I hate these clowns. Um, and they were, and I, but I also was like, oh my God, people like me. They did a prank on me. Um, right. That means they like you. Yeah. That means they think you can roll with it. Yeah. And then that was not the end of the, that was the end of my part of the prank. But then. (laughs) How long before you put together that it was him? It was like a while of him like dance. He would like prance around me and shit. And they were all watching. Why is this clown not leaving me alone? I hate this clown. (laughs) Yeah. Everyone was hiding and watching the whole time. (laughs) Except my flatmate, um, the, the girl who was sharing a room with me. Yeah. Um, 
uh, SNL's A.D. Bryant. Okay. Um, she was out shopping, and so Brendan, the guy who had dressed up like a clown, came back to the flat, went into our room, got into our bed, and just pulled the sheets up so it was just crazy clown face right. in the bed. And texted her and was like, oh, let's go for lunch. Come meet me back at the flat. So she was like, okay. So she walked into the flat, opened the door, and in her bed was just a clown head. <laughs> and she was like, wah! And he was like, no, it's me. <laughs> I cannot imagine coming home and finding a fucking clown in my no, bed. No, that's crazy. I would have to burn that bed. That, that's, you have to burn that bed. <laughs> Luckily, it wasn't your bed. Yeah. And you're almost done. And you didn't get him back. There was no time. No, no. And, yeah. but, I, but mostly I was like, hey, that's nice. Yeah. Put a and, trick on yeah, me. Yeah, part of the gang. Come on, you guys. <laughs> exactly. That's fun. I love yeah. that. I've got friends like Carol King or Carly love- Simon used to say. <laughs> oh, what's that from? That's from uh, 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 Full Monty the Musical. Oh, God. You like the obscure stuff. Oh, well, that's well, not that obscure. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. My sister was in that one. So. Oh, awesome. Your sister is Emily. Mm-hmm. Now, do you guys, the comedy world and the Broadway world, is there any overlap is, uh, to how it works? Is it different? I mean, the Broadway world would tell you, oh my God, there's totally overlap. But the yeah. comedy world would say, no, there's not. You guys are nerds. Yeah. Um, and that's kind of how I feel. But are, are, there, are, are there dynamics that work in both? You know, do you know what I'm saying? Are there things you compare notes about in terms of how the business works? I mean, like, yeah, sure. Like, yeah. In, in terms of, like, um, like we both had comedy partners that we worked with for yeah. a long time. Yeah. Um, and then ended up having more of solo careers, and so that was kind of similar. Um, and, yeah, you know, having to deal with it with... I mean, it's kind of similar. Is it kind of the thing where you hear one of her stories and you're like, I'm so glad you, I don't have to deal with that. And she's like, I'm so glad I don't have to deal with that in, in that, in the different worlds. Does that make sense? I guess in a way, well, she just has also a really different attitude and really different priorities to me. Like she'll be like, Oh my God, I got a tour. I hate tours. And I would be like, yeah, but you can be like, you can see places and you can, you can knit. There's uh, clowns. Get, like, yeah. <laughs> like I'm like, like I'm excited about a lot of yeah. stuff that she's just like, oh no, I don't, I can't even, this sounds like a nightmare to me. Yeah. And I guess the things that sound like a nightmare to me aren't really things that come up in her world. So, so. there you go. Yeah. What's your favorite part of what you do? Why do you do it? Hanging out with other comics. Really? Mm-hmm. The social part. Yeah, they're the best people. They're the funniest people. They're I, I like spending time with them. I like laughing with them. Yeah. I mean, yeah, getting on stage and making a bunch of strangers laugh, that's really fun, but right. that's not what I that's not most of my time. Most yeah. of my time is spending with other comics. Is it usually after the show and you go to a diner? Yeah, or during the show, or I mean, that's what being on a writing staff is. Being yeah. in a writer's room is basically hanging out with other comics. Right. So like I count that also. Um, yeah. Do you find that most of them are pretty supportive of each other and not too competitive? And out here, yeah, yeah. good, um, different than New York. I think so. As again, like I said, I didn't really get that far in the stand-up scene in New York, um, but that town is just—it's so hard to live there. You're constantly, I think, assaulted, right? Um, and so you have to be in a defense position all the time. So right. anyone extending their hand, it's hard to see that as a handshake rather than a threat. Right. Um, so it, yeah, people are a little bit more defensive there there you less go friendly um but yeah out here people are really supportive um we there, there's just so much more work here yeah in the industry so you don't have to say you don't have to think of it as like you took a job from me right it's you got a job and i would also like a job right <laughs> and they might be in completely different places right but in new york it always felt like how'd you get that job yeah i should have gotten it yeah <sighs> yeah um, um this is my first podcast of the new year oh, yeah. what was your what was the highlight of 2014 for you uh the highlight of 2014 was probably doing the montreal comedy festival oh that's cool yeah i've wanted to do that for a long time and i finally got it and it felt really good to want something for a long time and then get it so you have to audition for that they can't mm-hmm. they don't just pick you so do you audition by tape no they have showcases so you have to go up there or they do them here they do them here they have scouts who go out I mean, I is it one of those things where you made it to the semis and you made it so you it's constantly mm-hmm. wow how many tiers of that is there um there's there's getting the getting the first audition yeah. getting, moving on to the second one and then you find out who gets it right but I also had auditioned this was my third year auditioning for it so you finally, you broke through. Mm-hmm. Persistence. Yay. I love it. Yay. And when you got to do it, what is it? Uh, how many, how many minutes set do you get to do? It's like a five minute set. It's really short. Wow. Yeah. 
And it's one night, or do you do it you several two, times? You get two shows, but it's wow. mostly just one. Like the first show is the important one. Nice, the bigger one. But yeah, Montreal is a cool city. Yeah, it was really cool. And again, I got to go up with a whole bunch of people that I'm friends with. That you hang, hang out, out with. with them. Yeah. What about with romance? Well, Comics, good, bad, or do you feel like oh, I should, I should not mix those things. When I started doing stand-up, I made a rule for myself that I would never date another stand-up. Right. Because when I did improv, I did date a lot of other improvisers, and I felt like my reputation became so-and-so's girlfriend. Like, they didn't see... Like, it took people a long time to learn my name. Right. Because they could just be like, oh, that's Colton's girlfriend. That's Will's girlfriend. That's Will's girlfriend. Interesting. And so I was like, I'm not going to be anybody's girlfriend with stand-up. People are going to know my name. My boyfriend is is in comedy. I've got kind of like the best situation where he is in comedy, but he, it's not the same type of comedy. He's not a stand-up. Right. He's an actor and a writer. Great. Um, and he writes, like, he's very, very funny and the stuff that he does. What's his name? Colton Dunn. Love it. He's All in, right. the, in the uh, in that timeout um, list. He's the next person after me. Wow. That's pretty neat, yeah. That's great. It's not in any order of, you know, it doesn't mean that no, you're no, funnier no, than him. But it's you're just more like, to watch. It's just a power couple thing. <laughs> For sure. That's kind of um, cool. Yeah. Good. Yeah. And, it's, and, and so he, so when we know a lot of the same people, okay. we definitely understand the same world, um, but we're never, we're never, not only are we not competing, but we're not really like, thinking in the same way as far as how yeah. we use our comedic ideas. Right. Um, it's so close enough, but it's not a real overlap. Yeah. And That's so awesome. it, it basically just adds, adds a, a, another perspective where I'll be like, I'm trying to, to work out this joke and he'll be like, what about this? And it'll be like a more sketchy idea, but I'll be like, Oh, I could kind of do this to it. And then that's a more of a stand up idea Love and it. vice versa. So good. Well, I think you're delightful. Thank you. I, I, I thank you. <laughs> I, um, I, especially during the strike, I, I felt like I got to know you a little better and I just admired what you're up to. And I look forward to seeing, cause what I like is you're, you, you're not cynical, but you, you have an edge. You know what I mean? You're not like one of those people that have seen it and jaded and you get excited about things, but you're also like, you're, you call things on their bullshit. Um, last question. What was your favorite fashion police joke that you wrote? Um, well, I feel like at this point, this setup has become a little bit hack, but... But, but at the time, it was fresh and the, new. Think of this as a few years ago. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, when I said that uh, Vivian Westwood looked like a bunch of um, a bunch of cats in a skin suit trying to sneak into a mouse party. <laughs> that hasn't... It's not hack. Really? It's still good. Okay. It's really good. Right. It's good. And she did it. She picked it and she did yeah, it. She, she killed it. it. She did it. She picked it. She did it. She killed it. I love it. Thank you so much, Eliza Skinner. Learn more about Eliza at... At Eliza Skinner. Oh, at um, ElizaSkinner.com. And also follow her on Twitter at... At Eliza Skinner. Yay! Yay. Bye! Bye! Thanks again to Eliza Skinner. Check out her videos and all other kinds of fun stuff at ElizaSkinner.com. Thanks again for listening. We'll catch you next time. Check out all kinds of fun stuff at DennisAnyone.net. Oh, and here's another random thing. I think I'm getting um, sinus surgery this month because I've had sinusitis. And has anyone had that? Like, I think they're going to go through endoscopically, and I'm really ready for it because I've been sick for a long time. But if you know anything about that, hit me up on Facebook or whatever because... It's one of those things where you try everything to get relief. Boy, what a fun note to end on. Anyway, (laughs) thanks for listening, and uh, we'll catch you next time on Dennis Anyone. Bye!